Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Always 100 podcast. I'm your host, Quinn McKenzie, and got a great show for you here today on this Tuesday late morning, uh, going into early afternoon here. Uh, so on the show, uh, a bunch of football talk. We're, we're in week two of the, um, week two of the, uh, NFL division preview, uh, show. So we definitely will be looking at the NFC and AFC South today. Got, and I got some storylines here. I wrote on my little notebook there that I want to talk about. Um, so stay tuned for that. But, um, also here today, uh, there, there's some big, big stuff going on in college football. Um, we're going to start there because, uh, college football is supposed to start in like a couple weeks. Like I think it's like the 23rd college football is supposed to start like the week zero games are supposed to be August, August 23rd there. And I, I don't, the big 10, the big 10 just canceled the mountain West canceled. Uh, the, the pac 12 may cancel. Uh, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that that's going on here that that really makes me skeptical as to what is going on uh, with uh, college football this year. And uh, during this show, uh, first take is live right now. So if there's any uh, breaking news that I can give you guys, I will uh, put that out there as we are live on Zoom uh, for the Always 100 podcast. But you know, yesterday it comes out that that the Big Ten's not not going to play, and not now today they're talking about yeah, uh, let's let's all get all these Big Ten commissioner, the Big Ten commissioner, and all the school presidents, everyone's all together in a room or on Zoom somewhere, and you know they're talking about the season and stuff. And well, you know, to me, I I feel bad for all the student athletes. I feel bad for everyone you know like that because everyone that had a stake in the 2020 season which is you know a lot a lot of uh, very very good players in college football have a stake in this season and they may not be able to play it because of this pandemic and it's very very sad so um we we will definitely check in um on that as the show goes on uh i don't think now, I, I don't know if – even if the Big Ten was going to happen, I don't think Maryland's going to be any good either anyway because they, they're starting quarterback. You know, they're starting quarterback opted out. They got a whole bunch of people opted out uh, for Maryland uh, for this season. So, it, it, it's a really uh, delicate situation, and I'm really not sure if we're going to get college football this season, but – uh, I will keep you updated on the big news uh, in college football uh, when when that time comes. All right. This is the Always 100 Podcast. I'm Quinn McKenzie. Uh, thank you for listening. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to audio. Uh, like, subscribe, and spread the word please because we're getting right into the thick of this uh sports calendar here you got all got nba you got 
MLB, throw some hockey in there, and we're ramping up for football season because one month from yesterday, we will have live football, like it or not, in Kansas City uh, in front of fans, maybe, in front of no one. Who knows? But uh, NBC is showing the game on September 10th, and uh, we're going to get you uh, caught up on each of the four divisions. And this week, we are going to look at the NFC and AFC South. And, you know, it's it's going to be – it's going to be a lot of fun. These both of these divisions are very intriguing for lots of different reasons, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the AFC uh, South because the NFC South I have a lot more to, to say on that. So um, I'm gonna start with the AFC South, and I'm gonna start with the Houston Texans. I'll, I'll just go in you know reverse order here. So I'll start with the Texans. Houston's had a rough go of 2020. I, I think if there's one U.S. sports fan base that wants 2020 to go away, it's the Houston. It's Houston. I mean, from from the Astros and their cheating scandal coming to light for the entire world to see, and for the Houston Texans to beat the Buffalo Bills in the fashion that they did to beat them down 16 points, make a comeback, get a get a field goal in overtime to get the job done and get past Buffalo, an upstart team in the NFL. Then to go to Kansas City, be up by 24 points. And Bob's in the background as usual hearing me talk about it. Mom, you remember where you were back, back in January watching that Texans-Chiefs game? I mean, it... it, 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 it 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 was it was the most unbelievable turn of events I've ever seen in a sporting event. I could not believe what I was watching. I really, really couldn't. It was it was almost like like the tech the Houston Oilers had the most had the biggest choke job in the history of sports as far as comebacks are concerned, as far as like numerical uh, like the the deficit was thirty thirty two points that they that they blew, but I think the Texans co- collapse was worse, quite frankly. And the reason being is because you had a twenty four nothing lead, and the Chiefs took the lead in ten game minutes. Ten, ten minutes. Patrick Mahomes threw. Four touchdowns in the quarter. Three of them to the best tight end in football, Travis Kelsey, in my opinion, anyway. That is what happens. And then to make matters worse, you, you don't you not only don't blow a a 24-0 lead, then you get outscored through the rest of that game 51 to 7. In a playoff game, I, I've never seen that. And then, and then, and then to be, if it could not get worse for Texans fans or in Houston sports fans alike, 
Then Bill O'Brien decides on one March afternoon to call DeAndre Hopkins and tell him that you've been traded. DeAndre Hopkins is probably like, great, I didn't like you anyway. So thank thank you for doing me a favor. But what did you get for me? Oh, I don't know, a paint can, a couple nails, and a ham sandwich. This guy got traded for a third-round pick when I see Stefan Diz go for a first, fourth, fifth, sixth, probably a first next year. I don't, I don't even remember. But he got – he Stefan Diggs went for more. Jamal Adams went for a first and a fourth to the Seattle Seahawks. But, but DeAndre Hopkins doesn't – you you can only get a third round pick, Bill O'Brien. You you could you're the GM, right? So you couldn't you couldn't do better than that. You couldn't try and get better compensation for one of the three best receivers in football. I I mean, if you're gonna trade him, at least do it right. You you, you didn't even have the decency to do that, Bill O'Brien. You didn't do that right. Because you're trying, you're trying to be like Belichick, and you, 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 you are the homeless man's version of Belichick, at best. I, I also feel sorry for Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. I really do. Hey, 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 hey before Cam Newton, and my mom knows this. Hey, I, I wanted Deshaun Watson. Hey, I, I think the Patriots would have tanked this year. Okay, get got Deshaun Watson traded, traded two first for him. Got Deshaun Watson, and we'd be we'd be on our merry way. But I don't think Bill O'Brien is that stupid. I don't think he'll trade him to Belichick. But um, you know, Deshaun Watson gets caught in the crosshairs because of his incompetence. And yes, we understand to be fair that the Houston that Bill O'Brien has won has had winning seasons four four out of the six years that he's been there. He's been in the playoffs all four times. That needs to. He needs to get credit for that. And, yes, we do understand that he did go to the divisional playoff game a a couple of times there. But they haven't had a real shot to win the championship. You know, you still got J.J. Watt there. You got got a decent receiving gore in Houston. You still got Will Fuller. You still got Deshaun Watson, who is absolutely electrifying. But – I mean, I I don't I'm not sure if the Houston Texans are better than the Tennessee Titans at this point, and that's going to be interesting to see because I'm not sure how all this turmoil that's been going on with the Houston Texans is going to, you know, is going it's going to affect them because you have to you would have to think trading your maybe first best player. I mean, I don't know where you put J.J. Watt in there uh, for the Texans and Deshaun Watson, but a guy that's a top three player on your team, you just trade him for a ham sandwich and a paint can. It's it's really it's it's really sad, and I I don't I don't have a real uh, warm and fuzzy feeling about the Houston Texans in 2020. the the next The next team. That, that, that I'm going to look at, and then we're going to take a break. The next team I'm going to look at is the Tennessee Titans. And the reason, and, and you know, as, as I said, hey, t- Tennessee, 
I think Tennessee is going to win that division. I, I don't I don't trust Philip Rivers yet, and we'll get to him in just a few minutes live on the Always One Hundred podcast. But here here's the thing with with Tennessee. So Ryan Tannehill got ninety one million dollars. <laughs> what? what? You you y'all y'all paid this guy ninety million dollars to ride the coattails of Derrick Henry. That's what you did. And the way they set it up is it's a one-year deal with an opt-out or they'll pay him. The, 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 they start the contract in a ridiculous way, but this guy's got like $60 million guaranteed on this contract. So I, I, don't, I don't know what I, – I don't know what to think about the Ryan Tannehill contract. Derrick Henry deserved every penny because this guy, uh, you know, was rooting for the Patriots like, um, like I am here or like I was, or uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm wavering back and forth. So stay tuned for that. But Tennessee ran us right out of our own building. Derrick Henry, 32 carries, 184 yards and two touchdowns against the Patriots. Follows that up in the playoffs at the Baltimore Ravens. About another 30-something carries, another 185 yards, and a touchdown. Running a run and through, around, by. I mean, I mean, he 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 was he was so hot. He he was using Earl Thomas as a blocker 20 yards down the field and, and pushing him down when he was through with him. That's what that's what Derrick Henry was doing. Okay, um, he he's a great back, and I know running backs get devalued, but Ryan Tannehill and the Titans are a run-based football team. You give the ball to the people that you know get the job done, and Derrick Henry got the job done and has gotten it done the last two seasons for the Tennessee Titans, and he deserved every penny. Now, if if the Titans are to do what I think they're going to do, which is win the AFC South, Ryan Tannehill has to be more than serviceable. The, this guy has got to get the ball to guys like A.J. Brown. Uh, Delaney Walker's not there anymore, but they, they got some decent receivers. A.J. Brown had about 1,000 yards and about nine or ten touchdowns last year. Uh, you know, def, definitely in the rookie of the year conversation. And, you know, you get the ball to him, you know, your defense, I, I like Tennessee's defense. You, you know, you, they got a nice front four. They get after the passer. They got opportunistic cornerbacks. I, I, I like what Tennessee is doing. I do. But, hey, this this comes down to Ryan Tannehill and Tennessee in, in the playoffs because for, for a vast majority of that game, the Titans had a legitimate shot in that game. And Ryan Tannehill, at every turn, could not make the biggest throw like he did against my Patriots on a third down, on a third and eight with two minutes left, with Tennessee with uh, with Tennessee up by one. That out route, uh, out route to the the, the white wide receiver, the name I, I, I his name I can't think of right now, but. Tannehill stepped back to a five-step drop, 
Cowboys was wide open. He made a great throw and a clutch situation. That's what he's going to have to do. You know, that, that, that is what he's going to have to do if the Titans are to get where they need to go. And I have a good, uh, I have a good feeling that they will be in the 2020 playoffs for the NFL. All right, let's let's take a quick break. Coming up next, we will be uh, talking about the Colts and the Jaguars, uh, and how Philip Rivers is going to fare, uh, and how Philip Rivers is going to fare uh, in Naptown his first year on a twenty-five million dollar one-year deal at age thirty-eight. We're going to talk about him, and then we're going to talk about the uh, the amazing dysfunction that continues to rake through the coals of the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise. And then we'll get to the NFC South where my guy, Tom takes on Tampa. We back in a minute. All right, we're back. We're back on the show and uh, we're continuing a look at the 2020 AFC South with some predictions. there, trying to, uh, break it down for you, give you uh, some thoughts on what uh, will, what I think will happen uh, for these teams in each division. We're in week two of the four-week uh, division uh, warm-up show. Um, you know, I'm going to talk to my esteemed co-host in the back there. We're going to uh, figure out a date for the actual prediction show um, ahead of you know, ahead of week one, uh, Texans Chiefs on on uh, September 10th on NBC. So uh, stay tuned for that show. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great show. We're going to have co-hosts, grab guests. It's going to be a great time. Get you set up for uh, the 2020 NFL season. <clears throat> All right, but we're 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 going to now talk. Move to. Uh, I, I'm just going to get the Jaguars out the way really quick. Here are the things I like about the Jaguars. I like Gardner Minshew. I like him. He, he he's nice. He, he he's a good player. He's not he's not great, but he's fun. He's a little, a little eccentric. He get he likes to move around a little bit. Likes to play black backyard football. He was okay. He was a nice bright spot for the Jaguars. I like DJ Chark, my, mom's buddy, DJ Chark Jr. Got 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 her a whole bunch of fantasy points as she was number three in number three in our our league there. Uh, for fantasy football, um, I like him a lot. Um, I like Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe. I like him, former former Dirty Terp in the NFL. He's a Dirty Terp, and he, 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 you know, Jacksonville wants to alienate him and get rid of him because they're incompetent. But you know, that that's that's that, that those, those are the things I like about the Jaguars because Jalen Ramsey doesn't play there anymore. Um, AJ Boye doesn't play there anymore. Uh, so yeah, that's the only thing I like about the Jaguars. I think they're going to stink and they're going to get, probably get Trevor Lawrence because the Patriots are not going to stink enough to get him. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's my thoughts on the Jaguars. I, I don't have any real, I, I have no faith in them whatsoever. They got incompetent management. They alienate their best players, makes them not want to play for them. It's not a real good, um, not a real good culture down there. They'll be in last place in the AFC South. 
All right. Now we got them out the way. Let's go. Let's go to Naptown now and check in with our guy Philip Rivers. Philly Rivers at age 38 starting and starting a new chapter uh in Naptown on a one-year $25 million deal for the Colts. The the Colt the Colts had a, a they had a shot to make the playoffs in the AFC. And yes, Jacoby Brissett got hurt, but then they would lose to to the Pittsburgh Steelers when you had a game-winning field goal from Adam Vinatieri, or or you would you, or you would lose to. Well, they they beat the Broncos on a game that they shouldn't have won. They definitely lost to the Steelers. They would lose to the Dolphins. They they would do this. They would do that. They would do all this stuff that, um. Now it it was just it was just very weird to see the Colts because I I like Darius Leonard a lot I like him he, he's 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 an All Pro player he's a great linebacker and you know he he had he was a victim of you know racial profiling by by uh by by folks out of Chipotle and you know I listened to I listened to uh, him on first take a couple about about a month and month and a half ago talk about talk about that. And you know him and his girl, him and his girlfriend, and you know some of some of his family members were profiled out of Chipotle down south, and it was uh, you know, it it was very enlightening as to what even when you're a professional athlete, what what you go through, uh, when you take that jersey off. So, you know, I I became a fan of his, even though, hey, I'm not a big fan of the Colts because you know Patriots Colts. Is not as big as it once was in the mid two thousands, but, um, but, you know, it, it, it's it's still a rivalry. Um, but I think if Philip Rivers can cut down on the turnovers just a little bit, I think he'll be okay. I, I mean, he's age thirty eight. He's an old thirty eight. Doesn't move around a whole lot. Um, so that, that that could be a problem with some of those pass rushers in that division. Um, he, he, Phillip just got to stop turning the ball. He really he just got he's got to stop throwing interceptions. That that's the only way this doesn't work for Indianapolis. But Philip Rivers already has his post retirement job. You know, as a as a head as a football coach, so I guess. I guess Bobby's just getting his twenty-five million and then checking out from the NFL. You know, maybe not, maybe not a Hall of Famer, but not a Hall of Fame career, but a real, a really quality career for Philip Rivers. I, I think he'll be okay with the Colts, um, but this is a one-year rental. Then they got a decision to make whether they just they go back to Jacoby Brissett or they trade him somewhere else and let Jacoby try and. Uh, find his footing somewhere else, but I, but I, but I, I actually think I, I, I like Jacoby Brissett. You know, former former Patriot, former Patriot. You know, his claim to fame was, you know, that 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 Thursday night game against the Texans. He was running all over the Houston Texans. You know, the the year that Brady got suspended. So, um, you know, people don't really know Jacoby that well, but you know, I I do. Uh, you know he was on the Patriots and started a game and he was very good in that game. And I, I, I wish him nothing but the best, but, um, I, I just, the Colts, the Colts are wild card. I, I can't, I don't have a nice read on the Colts, 
Well, well, you know, maybe maybe I'll just have to call Uncle Willie or something, and you know, maybe get his take on the Colts because I, I don't really have a good read on them. But I do like Quentin Nelson, my guard there from Notre Dame. Nelson, I like him a lot. Oh, he he, he whoa, that dude, that dude's nice. That dude's really really nice. So, um, they got some good pieces there. They got a decent defense in Indianapolis, but. To me, I think they're the third best team in that division. All right, and that wraps up the AFC South for 2020. Just, just you know, just some storylines that I that I wanted to go over. Um, As I said in the last show, I'm I'm gonna keep like the gambling odds stuff out of it until we get to the week one prediction show because you know last year I, I I you know I I went on and made predictions before the show and I you know I didn't I didn't want to do that this year. So I, I'm gonna leave the gambling odds and stuff out of it. We'll just give give you a couple of intriguing storylines for each team, uh every for each division over the next couple couple of weeks here. Uh but fear not the gambling odds and point spreads and that angle we'll we'll be back in full swing uh for the week one show uh in about three weeks. This is the Always 100 Podcast. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts for absolutely free. Uh, like, subscribe, rate the show. Um, tell me how you like it. Tell me what I can improve on. My goal is to make this one of the best sports podcasts out there, and I can do that with your, with your guys' help. And I really appreciate all the listeners uh, that listened on Spotify and thank you to Anchor FM for uh you know helping me get this show back up, put it on there. Uh the distribution has been terrific uh, and I appreciate that as well because you know I can I can get it out to more people and get and share my thoughts with those said people and you know it, it's just a lot of fun. This is my sanctuary here behind this mic and talking about sports while simultaneously watching sports. We're going to take a break. Coming up, the NFC South live on the Always 100 podcast. Welcome back to the Always 100 podcast live on Zoom. Live on Zoom. We are talking about uh, the NFC and AFC South. We just finished the AFC South for 2020, the little breakdown of what I think is going to happen. Uh, there's also a lot of news going on. NBA bubble is still uh, in effect, but Bob, the playoffs start on Monday. The NBA start, is going to start to get good Monday night uh, when the playoffs officially get underway in the NBA. I am overjoyed for playoff basketball in August. It's terrific. Um, you know, also you got college football, you got the big 10 meeting, meeting right now to talk about, uh, what they're going to do with their football season. The report was yesterday that the big 10 was just going to cancel it. It's not, it's not happening. It's not worth it for them. Uh, but it turns out today they're going to have, they're having a meeting as we speak. Uh, I do have first take on right now. So there's any news that comes out on down the scroll or, you know, on their show, I will gladly uh, share that news for everyone. 
Uh, that's something to keep keep in mind, considering that college football does start in about two weeks. Uh, there needs to be some consensus on, on, on what on what people are doing here. So it's going to be um, very interesting to see. Um, in other news, my Orioles are seven and seven. We we beat the Nationals two two out of three this week, and the Nationals decided to get back at us because it rained for like two seconds in D.C. They made a botch. They 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 botched up the the rain delay tarp thing, and now apparently they suspended the game. But I'm five miles up, and I'm ten miles up the road, and it's ninety four degrees and sunshine, and they could and they couldn't play. So I I didn't really. I didn't really like that as an Orioles fan, but I am absolutely astonished at the that the Orioles are even re- remotely, you know, even in contention in the AL East. And the AL East, I mean, it's the I, I thought it was going to be the Yankees and the rest of y'all, and it still may be, but uh, the Orioles and Tampa Bay and Boston are all right there together, and Toronto. Toronto's still an up upstart team, and they still got some talent on that on their squad. The AL East is the hardest division in baseball, uh, and I, I'm just amazed that the Orioles are even in contention right now. So, uh, just just a couple things that have been on my mind here uh, as we continue uh, the Always 100 podcast on this Tuesday, late morning into early afternoon. But uh, we're now going to move on to the NFC South. And the NFC South, to me, is going to be one of the most intriguing divisions in the league. Um, I, I don't I don't see anyone in that division that, that's going to be outwardly terrible. I mean, yeah, I think I think it's going to come down to the Bucs and the Saints. Um, you know, two, two of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Tom, Tom being number one, of course, anybody who knows me knows that. But Drew Brees is in there. Then you got you got Carolina. Well, I, well, I, I should amend that. I think Carolina's not going to be very good, but it's not for a lack of trying. I just don't think they, you know, they they have they have to fix the fix some things and get a see how Teddy Bridgewater does, but. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to start there, actually, with Carolina. And, look, Christian McCaffrey is an unbelievable running back. And, you know, I was just talking to Mom or, you know, before I, I continued the recording. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey doesn't get talked about until now like some, some of these, you know, other running backs who don't look like him. This guy is an amazing player. He really, really is. He can run. He's fast. He can catch the ball. I mean, this guy is like channeling his own Marshall Falk impersonation or something. I mean, you know, 1,000 yards receiving, 1,000 yards rushing, you know, a fantasy football stalwart uh, for for the last couple years. And, you know, he's just – he didn't get into trouble and – he deserved he deserved that contract, and I'm very happy that he got 65 million uh, from the Carolina Panthers because this guy is going to be one of the main reasons the Carolina Panthers are barely going to be watchable this year. You know, uh, you know, because w- without Cam, you know, without Cam being there and Luke Keekley retired last year, you know, it, it, it's the the Panthers. 
the Panthers are going to have to rebuild it. And then we're, you, obviously you lose Ron Rivera. And then you trade Kyle Allen to the Washington Redskins. You know, so, you know, they, they, they need they're, – they're going to not be very good this year. You know, they probably win five or six games, uh, if you ask me. But Chris McCaffrey deserves more respect, and he's finally getting it. Um, I, I take him on my team any day of the week. Uh, so he he's a fantastic player. Um, as as for Teddy Bridgewater, I mean he's he's solid, and you know Saints fans are very happy with him because of what he did uh, after Drew Brees went down uh, in week two of last year with his injury. You know, went go five. He goes five and zero oh with the, with that Saints team in place of Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater was not great but he was quality and he got the job done and that needs to be applauded because you know they needed to win all five of those games and they did so you know Teddy Bridgewater is capable of doing that do I think right now that he's ready to do it uh, for the Carolina Panthers I do not not yet Uh, but he got 63 million dollars and we'll see how he does but uh, the Carolina Panthers run through Christian McCaffrey and Christian McCaffrey alone. Uh, and it's going to be amazing to see this guy at all the field, making people miss and just being an absolute stalwart um, of the running back position and of that franchise. <clears throat> the next team on the list for me, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and <sighs> I don't think the Falcons have recovered since they <laughs> I, I don't think they recovered since Tom Brady did them like that in, in the Super Bowl four years ago. But the problem with the Falcons isn't their offense. It's the fact that their defense is terrible. They can't stop anybody. And they're always hurt. These people are hurt all the time. Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I really don't get it. I It might be some of the it might be the strength and conditioning of coaches and stuff in Atlanta, but I mean, every time it's somebody that matters on the Falcons defense always gets hurt. And it's not just a, Oh, it's just a couple weekends. You know, it's an ACL tear here. It's a torn bicep. There is a, it's a, it's an Achilles tear here. I mean, it's, it's just, it, it gets me to thinking what, what, what's going on down there because Every single year, somebody big on that Falcons defense gets hurt. And we wonder why they stink and can't stop anyone. So that would be interesting to see. If their defense improves, they got they, they got some talent. They really do. I like Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was on my fantasy team, and he got me a whole bunch of points. He, he, he I like him. You know, so, you know, that there, there was that. Um, Matt Ryan's a former league MVP and talk about a guy that doesn't get, doesn't get a lo- enough national spotlight. If you ask me, this guy threw for like 46, like 4,500 yards last year. I mean, I, I, I'm a look, I'm a look that up during, you know, during the break here and I'll get, I'll get your Matt Ryan stats, uh, at the next commercial break, but he threw for like 4,500 yards and nobody cares. I, I don't get it. Like Matt, <laughs> Matt Ryan is still a very quality quarterback. 
I mean, because it's no wonder why this guy keeps getting $150 million contracts every other year. He's a quality player. And, yes, he probably should have a Super Bowl championship if it wasn't for, you know, incompetent play calling on the part of Kyle Shanahan and the fact that his defense just gave up the biggest lead in the history of the Super Bowl and a bunch of other stuff. But despite that, um, Matt, I think Matt Ryan's poised for another big year because Julio Jones isn't going anywhere. And if he does go somewhere, hey, uh, I'd take him in New England. I'd take him any day. I'd take him right now. He, he, he'd be the best receiver on the Patriots roster right now. Um, I would I would love to have Julio Jones on our on our team. Um, for me, Julio Jones is I, I mean it, he's probably the second best receiver in the league behind Michael Thomas. But I mean that is like one one and one a to me because Julio Jones is just a monster. He's like six three two thirty uh, two twenty five two thirty. He can run. He can run as fast as he does. He can high point the ball. He, he he just brings his lunch pail to work every single week. Doesn't make waves. He just goes out there, gets the job done every single week. Doesn't complain. He 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 he's one of my favorite players in the league. And him and Matt Ryan have had one of the most the deadliest connection in the league, as far as I'm concerned, because this guy. Matt Ryan trusts him in big moments. Julio Jones is clutch. Matt Ryan has been clutch in his career. But the Falcons are not going to be going anywhere unless this defense finally steps up, stays healthy, and steps up and get and gets it done down there. Oh, and also Todd, Todd Gurley's there, too. So, I mean, that, that, that should help Matt Ryan, too, because, well, that, that, that's only if Todd Gurley's arthritic knees done, you know, if his knees don't act up on him again, because that's what got him out of L.A. Because you know this, you know this guy just wasn't on the field, and he got sixty million dollars, and then you know the the Rams didn't want to pay him, and they just cut him, and then he got six million from the Falcons uh, earlier this year. And I just think that with all those things, with all those um, folks on the offensive side of the ball complimenting each other i think the falcons offense might be pretty good uh it, it's it's a defense where i i just can't i don't trust it because i don't know who's going to be playing first at, from week to week and even when they were playing they couldn't stop anyone anyway so the falcons hinge on uh having their defense step up and get some timely stops when their offense has carried the load all right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, the Saints and the Bucks breakdowns are coming up next. Uh, still no word on uh, the Big Ten college, uh, the Big Ten college football uh, higher ups are meeting meeting on on Zoom right now, uh, talking about the college football uh, season, what they're going to do in the Big Ten. Uh, if there's any news, once again, if there's any news at all during this show, uh, definitely will break that to you uh but right now there's no word on what the big 10 has decided uh as far as college football is concerned and the pac-12 will have a similar meeting later on today 
because they're on, they're on West Coast time. Uh, so they'll, they'll have that meeting later on today. We'll be back in a minute with the Saints and the Bucks breakdowns. All right, we are back on the Always 100 podcast. Uh, find the show wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to audio. Also, the show's Twitter account is Always 100 Pod. Um, so I'll, I'll be, you know, still trying to get into the swing of things. So we're going to try and get that get that Twitter feed back up and running, uh, throw some, some content on here. Uh, we're also doing a show live on Zoom. And, yes, this is a solo show today, but um, in the near future, you know, I, I'm doing it twice a week now. So, you know, Thursday is going to be probably an MLB look ahead, you know, maybe some NBA look ahead, um, you know, especially toward the playoffs and everything else. So definitely, uh, definitely going to be a lot of content to cover. Uh, also, the Capitals uh, are playing Barry Trotz and the Islanders in the first round. Mom is the number three seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so Capitals and Islanders start Thursday, uh, Thursday afternoon um, in Toronto there for the Eastern Conference first round playoffs. So a lot, lot of sports going on, a lot of good content, and I couldn't be happier. But let's get back here to uh, the NFC South. And I'm I'm going to talk about the Saints really quick, and I I just I, a part of me feels feels for Saints fans because how many times do you need to get your heart broken before you get the job done? For the Saints, it's been three straight years getting it getting your heart shattered in the playoffs. Last year against the Vikings the year before against the Rams, and the year before that against the Vikings. You know, just to, just to have the, just to have your legendary quarterback on the sideline for all three, all three years watching the defense, either the defense give it up or the Vikings make a better play to, you know, in the NFC Divisional, we all know what that, we all know that memorable play to Stephon Stephon Diggs down the right sideline for the for the game winning touchdown with no time left. You know, that wasn't wasn't Drew Brees' fault. And that by the way, that was after you know, that was after the Saints were down about seventeen points, I think. They were they were down a lot in that game to come back and then just to have uh, just to have uh Stephon Diggs break their hearts. Um and then, you know, then there's then there was the NFC championship game and we don't need to get into that other than to say that was the absolute worst and most egregious um most egregious pass non pass interference call in the history of sports if you if you ask me in the history of football that was the worst non call I've ever seen. The guy mugged him, they didn't call it, the Saints were gonna win in regulation. Everyone knew and everyone knows the Saints were gonna win in regulation. They got robbed of it. They had a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And I and I still contend that if they were to face the Patriots, they were to they were gonna kill the Patriots. They were gonna beat them. Drew Brees would have a second Super Bowl ring and further and further elevate himself in the all time great discussion where he definitely belongs. But then last year, I mean, you know, from not having a pass interference goal, it happened again in the end zone. Kyle Rudolph pushed off. <laughs> he they pushed off 
on um on the uh the Saints cornerback. I think it was I think it was PJ Williams. I'm not sure. It was 26 um in the end zone there. And you know, it was like it was a clear push off. They didn't call it. So, you know, I I just I feel I feel for the Saints, but here here's here's the thing. Drew has not played well. These last three, you know, these last two postseason games in the NFC Championship game, he did he did not play as well as we know Drew Brees can play. He did not play well against the Vikings last year. He just didn't. That didn't change how I feel about him. He's an all-time great. He's he, he's going into the Hall of Fame the day he's eligible, but. You know, Drew Brees, to have Michael Thomas, to have Alvin Kamara, to have Emmanuel Sanders, to have the Cameron Jordan and a defense that flies all over the place that can get after the passer. You know, they, they should be in the top three teams in the NFC play, in the NFC this year. They really should be. They have all the makings of a team that could go to Tampa Bay and go to the Super Bowl this year. The only question is, can they get it done this time? And that is what I am looking for most to watching when it comes to the New Orleans Saints in 2020. And finally, that brings us to my guy, Tom Brady, and his new team in Tampa. It's not really a secret down here. It's not really a secret if you know me. I'm one of the biggest Brady guys out here. Um, Brady in concert maybe become a Patriots fan. Um, you know, I'm not like some of these other guys that are just not going to root for Tom now that he's in Tampa. The guy, the guy is the greatest quarterback of all time going to a team that has not even made the playoffs since 2007, hasn't even won a playoff game since Super Bowl 37 in January of 2003. I was five. The last time the Buccaneers were any good at all, I was five. But then Tom comes in. He says, I, I was, I, I'll choose Tampa Bay. Now, truth be told, I thought Tom would, be go, would go to Dallas. I thought Tom would go so, to the 49ers. I never in my wildest dreams thought this guy was going to go to Tampa Bay. But he does, and then he goes to this this stalwart, so these studs, that receiver, Mike Evans, Chris Goblin. You got O.J. Howard at tight end. You got Hall of Famer Rob Gronkowski. You got LaShawn McCoy in the backfield. You got Ronald Jones II in the backfield. You got a team offensively that really – can contend with for the best offenses in football, uh, along with the Kansas City Chiefs, along with the New Orleans Saints, along with the Atlanta Falcons, along with the Dallas Cowboys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This team is that good to me. Now, will they win the NFC South? It really, it 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 really is tough to. It, it's tough to tell because, you know being in the situation we're in, you're not going to have preseason. You barely have a training camp. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I can go out on a limb as to say that the Buccaneers are going to win the NFC South, but they're going to make the playoffs. 
they're, they're making the playoffs as a second team from the NFC South. If they don't make the playoffs, that is a big indictment on Tom Brady. There, there is no, there's no question about it. Jameis Winston went seven and nine and was, you know, creating new records uh, and new uh, reasons for 30 for 30. This guy threw 33 touchdowns, 5,200 yards. Absolutely. That, that, that was fantastic. Number one in yards in the league. But he threw 30 interceptions and lost nine fumbles. That, that, just, that just isn't going to happen with Tom Brady. It's not going to happen. I think Tom is going to light it up in Tampa. And I'm going to be completely objective with you. I, I, I think he's going to have a great year. Because this guy is tired of people taking pot shots at him, saying he's too old, he's over the hill, he's a bum in short order, he's falling off a cliff, this whole, st- this whole all, all, this, all these narratives. Because he's at age 43 doing stuff that most 43-year-olds aren't doing. Going to work every day, playing football, playing the game that he loves, trying to contend for world championships. And that's really the only reason why he's doing this, because he doesn't need to prove anything to anyone, especially in the media. Six Super Bowl championships, four Super Bowl MVPs, three league MVPs, 15 trips to the Pro Bowl, maybe 16. I'm not sure. I think it's 15, 15 time Pro Bowler. I mean, this guy, I don't really know what you want. This guy has been absolutely terrific for his entire career. He has been awesome. And he took the challenge to go to a team that had the worst winning percentage in North American team sports, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Bucks, Yes. That, that is the type of guy he is. And I think he will rise to the occasion. I, I, I can't go out on the limb and say right now, unless until I see them play, together in meaningful football that they're going to be the cream of the crop in the NFC South. But I'll tell you what, if the D de- if that defense, if the defense plays okay, they don't need to play great. They just need to play. Okay. They just can't, they can't give it up. They can't give games up in the first half. Like they did the first half of the year, you know, you know, well, they were, they were down 28 to 10 to the New York giants before Jameis Winston came back. Okay, they were down a whole bunch of points to these teams because the defense couldn't stop people, and it didn't really help that uh, Jameis Winston was giving them extra possessions either. But that is all – that that is really what I want to see. It, it's It's got to be about Tom. And if Tom is – what I think he is, which is what, what we all know, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. We do, we do. We, he, he's the goat. That that's not up for discussion. He is the goat. But you got to update your resume. He's still playing. I think his legendary status is still there. I think Gronk's legendary status is still there. They're both going to the Hall of Fame the day they're eligible. That's not going to change if they have a 
lackluster year in Tampa Bay. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be absolutely terrific. They're going to contend for the NFC crown and a very loaded conference. You know, and even without a pandemic, Tom Tom is getting out there, working out with these guys, trying to get rapport with them, with Chris Godwin, with Mike Evans, with O.J. Howard. He already knows Gronk. You know, I I, I really think, and, and then not not to not to be forgotten, they get a left tackle in Tristan Wirfs with the fourteenth, the thirteenth overall pick. They get a left tackle to help Tom Brady and whoever the, the the quarterback after Tom Brady. So I, I just think the Bucks are really set up to be absolutely terrific, and I cannot wait to see it. I, I, I can't wait because I think, you know, Saints-Bucks, September 13th on Fox at 425. If I'm not working, and even if I am working, I'll be watching. I'll be watching that game. Oh, yeah, you, you yeah, we're going to be watching that. Because you are you are watching greatness, you know. And Drew Brees may retire in the very near future, you know. So you so we might not get to see Drew versus Tom very much anymore, and that's what makes it even more amazing. But um, right now, uh, the continuity. I'm gonna go with uh, the Saints right now. I'm just gonna lean toward the Saints, but they have a real formidable foe uh, in Tampa Bay because um, they they beat them. They beat them the first – I think Tampa Bay may have beaten them uh, the first the first time they played them. But, you know, the, the last time, I mean, Jameis threw four interceptions and it, was, it, it, didn't, it didn't go very well for, for the Bucs. So, I, I'm very excited for Tom. I wish him nothing but the best. I really, I will be rooting for Tom on – unapologetically i probably will have a buccaneers hat and or at least at least a red or white brady buccaneers jersey because that's my guy and he will always be my guy and i will not apologize to anyone for that all right that that uh ends the nfc south uh uh, and afc south podcast um next week we're going to do the afc and nfc north uh on this podcast for week three of four we're going to do the nfc north and afc north uh big big things to talk about there the pittsburgh steelers i'm definitely going to talk spend a few minutes talking about the pittsburgh steelers because they get ben roethlisberger back you know, can James Conner stay healthy? Can Juju stay healthy? You know, can they? Can they? Can the defense keep up what what they were doing last year? You know, there's absolutely no question that that defense was uh, very very formidable uh, throughout that season last year. So we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and if they get adequate quarterback play, what can their ceiling be in the AFC? Uh, we're also going to talk about the Green Bay Packers because apparently their their only job is to hack off Aaron Rodgers and tell him to go to, to go to go somewhere else and finish your career. That 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 is really what I think these guys are trying to do. I'm going to give you my thoughts on the Green Bay Packers and what they're going to do. Um, also, the Chicago Bears and their quarterback situation there definitely going to 
take a minute to talk about that and just to look ahead to the Ravens, Browns, and Cincinnati. Definitely a look at Joe Burrow, get my thoughts on him and Cincinnati. Lamar and, and, and Baltimore, definitely going to troll Ravens fans for a couple seconds there because they should they should have won more than they did last year, and they lost, and they lost in embarrassingly terrible fashion. You know, it, it was really, really interesting to see that game, you know, to, to see what happened to the Ravens with the MVP, with the coach of the year, with the loaded team. And then this offseason, they get Calais Campbell. And, I mean, they're, they're just a terrifyingly good team defensively. So we're going to talk about that as well. Going to be working on Thursday's show here. Uh, going to try and get a guest for uh, that show coming up. Uh, if not, if I can't find a guest, I'll do I'll do it solo. Just to look ahead to uh, the MLB to see uh, some of the big games that are happening. And the last of the NBA bubble is going to be third. I think Thursday or Friday. I think because the, the playoffs start on Monday. Uh, definitely take a look at uh, the West 8-9 playing game. Uh, so that, that'll be on Thursday's show. And we're just going to have a good time. So follow the show on Twitter, uh, Always100Pod. And subscribe, like, subscribe, and rate wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the name is Always100Podcast. All right, until the next show. This is Quinn signing off, and this has been the Always 100 Podcast. See you next time, y'all. Peace.